Hey, my name is Aaron Golub. I'm an entrepreneur and speaker, and uh, you're listening to John Hewlin's podcast, Relationships and Revenue. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled to have you join us today, either by listening and or viewing what we're doing. And today, I have a very special guest. His name is Aaron Golub. Aaron, how are you? John, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me here. Excited to be on your show today, and let's get it going. All right, man. Let's get into it. So for those of you who don't know who Aaron is, let me tell you a little bit about him. Aaron has kind of a big claim to fame. Now, his claim to fame is that he was the very first legally blind athlete to participate in a Division I football game. Is that correct, Aaron? Any, any Division I sport, actually. Any yes. Division I sport. Wow. Okay. That's even broader than that. All right. Digging that. Okay. So, but that's, there's more to Aaron than just that. I'm just letting you know that's a little bit about him. Uh, Aaron's also, he's a keynote speaker. He's a financial advisor. He is a podcast host. He has a podcast called Blind Ambition. And it's fantastic. He's had some amazing folks on there. Some folks who actually have been guests on this show before. So I'll let you all figure out who those folks are. <laughs> but, uh, but what he does is he delivers actionable and inspiring keynotes to help drive breakthrough performance through change and challenge. So when Aaron's speaking, that's what he does. But really, without going any deeper into that, Aaron, I want to hear a little bit more from you. So we gave everybody a little bit uh, as far as highlights are concerned about you. But we want to know a little bit more about you, kind of your background, how you got started, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, first off, John, thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate it and uh, means a lot. But as you said, so I was born legally blind. I have no vision in my right eye and very limited in my left. And I started playing football in seventh grade. Back then, I was not very good. I was uh, center defensive tackle and, and did whatever I could to learn the game to play. But in addition to being legally blind, I was also very undersized, a small skinny kid. Mm. And so, you know, sophomore year of high school rolls around eventually. And I was a third string center and defensive tackle on a junior varsity team. At that point, I said, I've had enough of this. I want to play division one football. How can I go from where I am right now to being on division one roster? Mm. And the issue is if you are a sophomore in high school and you're going to play division one sport, you're probably starting on varsity or at least getting a lot of playing time on varsity. Mm. And that just wasn't me. So not only did I have to figure out how I could do it, but I had to figure out what was missing. And so I found long snapping to start. And mm. I figured out that if I got good enough at this, then maybe I would have an opportunity to play in college. And then from then on out, it was just, I need to put in the work, the time, the effort that no one else is willing to put in. You know, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I would go to school. I'd practice long snapping. Mm. I'd go to school. I'd go to practice. I'd lift weights every single day after school. You know, to me, it was the guys who are the hardest working people in practice. That's fantastic. But that's still average. The mm. people who 
go beyond, above and beyond, whether it be in athletics, in your job, in your family relationships, in any area of your life, are the ones who do the work, put in the time, put in the effort when no one else is around, no one, when no one else is looking, when no one else is expecting you to do it. And that's what I had to do to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And so you did that. And that obviously has it translated to you being able to play division one football at Tulane. So what was that experience like playing at Tulane? And I loved it. It was the perfect school for me. So coming out of high school, I reached out to I mean, literally every division one school in the country and wow. very few people were interested. And it was really just because of my vision, because at that time I was ranked as one of the top long snappers in the nation and one of the top overall prospects in Massachusetts. And, you know, I had a couple offers. Tulane was the best fit for me. Mm. And I accepted it. I went down. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And then my sophomore year, I played for the first time. And it was a three-year varsity letterman, letter winner. Uh, I really loved the school. It was fantastic. And, uh, you know, it was an all-around amazing, incredible experience. Nice. Now, you were able to take that and turn that into becoming an NFL free agent. Is that right? Yeah. So after my senior season ended, I wanted to continue playing football. I wasn't done and I wanted to make an NFL team. So I trained, I worked with uh, John Carney out in, in San Diego, California, legendary kicker, mm-hmm. um, trained with him for a bit, came back to my pro day, talked to some teams, continued the conversation. And, you know, with long snappers, there's one guy per team, there's no backups. Right. And so it just wasn't going the direction I wanted. I had opportunities within the worlds of finance, speaking, entrepreneurship, that I wanted to take advantage of. And it was one of those things where, look, if I had put 100% of my time into it for the next year, maybe I would have made a team. But I didn't want to set myself further behind. I wanted to get a jump start on other things and other dreams and other areas of my life that I wanted to attack. And it wasn't that I was quitting football. It was that I was making a pivot to something that I wanted more at this point. You know, at that time, if I had really wanted it as bad as I did, you know, to play division one football, I probably would have kept going with it. But I think that I had to take an honest look at my situation. Mm-hmm. And I had to also realize that I have other dreams and aspirations that I don't want to put on hold. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you started down this avenue of entrepreneurship, you mentioned the world of finance. So how, how did that come about? How did you even get into the world of finance? Yeah. So I'll give you kind of a 5,000 foot overview. You know, I'm sure you'll understand. I can't go into too much detail with my specific role because of compliance, but oh, I, get know, that. I was interested in the world of finance, the world of helping others, you know, build their wealth. And I didn't want to go into something that was an area of finance that I had to sit behind a computer all day and, and mm. you know, look at numbers. It just wasn't my interest. I want something that's relationship-based. And that's what I found. And I loved it. I've loved every second of it. And the nice part is, you know, I work a lot, a lot, but at the same time, I don't answer to anyone. You know, mm-hmm. I am building my own business there and I'm building my own business speaking. So, you know, I can be doing both on a daily basis. And that's why I work a lot. I'm building two businesses at the same time, but mm-hmm. I love everything I'm doing. It's not work to me. You know, it's, I do activities that I get paid for. And I'm so fortunate that I'm able to do that and think of it like that because I love what I'm doing. If I didn't enjoy what I'm doing, it would be work to me and I wouldn't be successful at it. And I wouldn't 
have the drive that I have because I would get bored and I would get frustrated. And of course I get frustrated and stressed all the time, but I love it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the speaking side of what you do. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what are some of the stages that you've been on ones that you're looking to be on? What are some of the subjects you talk about that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, my biggest topic is turning your disadvantage into your advantage. I mm-hmm. think with that being said, I'm so thankful and blessed and grateful that I was born legally blind because it's allowed me to do amazing things and meet incredible people. And because of that, I share my story, my tactics, my strategies of how I was able to turn my vision into a large disadvantage and make it an advantage with others and teach people that it doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter if you're an addict, if you lost your job, if you're struggling to pay for rent, whatever it may be, you can turn that disadvantage into your advantage if you put in the right strategies and tactics. And that's one of the things I talk about. I mean, I've talked to lots of different companies and sports teams all over. You know, I'm in the process of have some you know, Ted talk speeches booked for this year, which is going to be a lot of fun, mm. which, you know, for me is, is really just to get that brand attached to myself and, sure. you know, go from there. I have other stages booked, you know, later this year, hopefully. And, and you know, assuming the, the pandemic allows, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's, I, I've done a lot of speaking and I really can't wait for things to open up again because, you know, looking back on where I was before the pandemic to now, I've been able to build significantly over the past year and several people have helped me. I know, you know, I, I don't know actually if you really know this or not, but one person who I know, you know, fairly well is, is Jeff Lopes and he's, he and I work together a lot and he's been a mm. huge factor in, in a lot of my success and connecting me to a lot of people and building my speaking business. And, you know, I think he sees the value in me and he sees that mm. there it's a very unique opportunity that, I'm young, I have a great story. And, you know, I think with my work ethic and my attitude that five years down the road, my goal is to be one of the most sought after and well-known speakers in the world. That's fantastic, man. Fantastic. All right. So, so what are you doing? As far as the speaking is concerned, you mentioned the stages that you're looking to get on. Are you doing any virtual stages right now? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have one on I think Tuesday this week, I have a virtual, virtual one next week. Um, nice. And it's, it's fine. It's fun. It's not the same experience as in person. I, I love in person and I can't wait until those can happen more. I have actually, so I'll, I'll go into detail. I have over the next three months. So this is one thing that Jeff and I had worked on right now. I have zero Ted talks mm-hmm. over the next three months in one month from now, I'll be a three times TEDx speaker in three months from now, I'll be a five times TEDx speaker. And then I'm done with Ted talks. Um, two of them are in person, three of them are online. So I really can't wait until the in-person ones. They're going to be fun. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, one of the things that we do on this podcast is we often talk about relationships and how important those are specifically those in our personal lives, because it is my belief that in order for our businesses to be the best that they can be in order for us to know how to have proper, good, healthy business relationships. We have to Mm -hmm. be doing that at home first. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. What are you doing to build up relationships with those that are closest to you right now? You know, it's about being present in everything that you do. And so, Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's something I've really had to work on, you know, whether it be if I'm with my parents or my sister or my girlfriend, that's, you know, I get all these things on my phone. I get people reaching out to me or notifications or just work that I have to do or want to do. Um, and it's definitely taken time and, and, and had to realize that I have to be present. I have to be in the moment because you can't allow outside things that you are doing to affect what you're doing right now. So like, you know, let's just give this an example. You know, right now we're on your podcast and we're building a relationship together. Could I be thinking of, you know, a call I have later today, a call I had this morning, a, a, you know, work that I want to get done, preparing for my speeches. Absolutely. I could be thinking of that, but that doesn't matter right now in this moment, in this present moment, the only thing that matters is how can we build our relationship and how can I provide the most value to your listeners possible? And unless you can think in that mentality in every situation that you're in, you're always going to be missing out because people know, people understand when you're not present, when you're not with them. And when you are present, it means so much more to them. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. So tell me, now that that's what you're focused on in your personal relationships, how does that translate into your business life? Yeah. You know, I think that it really allows me to build that connection, that relationship with everyone I work with. You know, everyone I meet, it's not always the best connection. I I actually had a call last week for a speaking engagement and it just, it wasn't a good fit. I didn't, it wasn't a good match and I let them know, but I'm very upfront about that if that's the case, because I don't want to waste my time or their time. But I think that being able to be present in your relationships allows you to be present in your work. And so my biggest thing is you need to time block time out in your schedule, not only for your work and and the tasks and the calls that you have, but for your family time, for your relationships. You know, I had dinner with my girlfriend last night. That was time blocked blocked into my schedule like a month ago because Mm -hmm. I knew that we were going to go out to dinner. I knew that we were going to spend the night together and, and I didn't want to be focused on any other calls or meetings. It just, that was my sole focus. And because of that, that also allowed me to the rest of the yesterday and today be focused on what work I need to do, the people that I want to connect with, the relationships that I want to build and how I'm working on my business. Absolutely. You know, listeners, I hope you're really paying attention to what Aaron's saying right now. Uh, he's sharing some valuable information with you. He talked about time blocking. It's just, it's a particular technique to time management. There are lots of different ones, but essentially what he's trying to say is account for every minute of every day in your schedule. You have to build in time for relationships because if you don't, something else is going to fill that time. It just is. And so if relationships are important to you, and my suspicion is if you're listening and or watching this, they are, then those are the things that you need to have essentially set in stone in your schedule and yeah. you build everything else around those things. Yeah. And, like- and you know, it's, it's sometimes, unless you have work that really, really, really needs to get done. And I'll put it this way, you know, this afternoon, there are things that I want wanted to do within you know, my work, my business, mm-hmm. can they be pushed more to tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, yesterday my dad called me and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to come down to, you know, see you and, and my sister and we can have lunch and stuff on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, my first reaction could have been, you know, I, I have so much to do. I can't blah, 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 blah. But 
I haven't seen my dad in a while, you know, because of COVID and it's, it's more important for me to say, okay, well, when I get home or, or Sunday morning or whatever, I'll put in more time to do work and I can move things around to accommodate for what's important. And I think that that's so crucial in the sense of like, I'm a strong believer that everyone has time. And I think it's, it's really funny to me when someone says, oh, I'm busy. I don't have time. Like I can't hop on a call this week or I don't, I don't have time. Like that's not true. You do have time and you can be upfront with me and say that you don't want to, or it, or maybe we can later on. Everyone has time. It's about you prioritize what's important to you. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, Hey, Aaron, like, can we hop on a call this week? I'm not going to say that I don't have time for them. I'm going to say, Hey, I have X, Y, and Z to do this week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it happen, but how about next week? Because the truth of the matter is everyone has time. You can always time block in something for that you, that you want to do. It's just, you prioritize what you want to do. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So what would you say to someone who is watching and or listening to this particular episode right now, who is struggling in general, you know, is, is trying to figure out, you know, what direction they need to go or is they feel like they have their own handicap, if you will, their mm -hmm. own disability, whatever yeah. variety it happens to come in. I mean, they may not be legally blind like you, yeah. but, you know, they may have been through, you know, a traumatic life experience and they're just, they're paralyzed on the inside and they're afraid to connect with people again. Well, I think what people need to understand is my challenge and my obstacle of my vision is not special. It's just different. And the way I handle it is different than a lot of people. It's, it's no harder or no easier than your challenge or my neighbor's challenge or my friend's challenge. It's just different. And so I think the biggest issue is people are afraid to take the first step and take action because they're too worried about other people's opinions. Yes. There are few people that I truly care about their opinion in the sense of like, if I'm not willing to take advice from you, why would I take criticism from you? So hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, I'm getting ready for a speech and there's college students who are kind of, you know, running part of it and they want to, oh, like get feedback and it's, just, it's a whole thing. I had to <laughs> find a way to politely say, look, like this is, you know, I'll, I'll send you stuff if you want, but I, I don't typically do this. I don't show my speeches to people before a speech. That's not what I do. Now, will I send that speech to Jeff? Will I send that speech to some other people that are in my network that I too, truly trust and I have critique me? Yes, absolutely. So I am getting criticism. I am getting advice, but I'm not going to just let, you know, Joe Schmo off the side of the road have an opinion of what I'm doing and they can have their opinion, but I just don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Love that, man. Love that. Yeah. You definitely have to know who is part of your inner circle. Yeah. Who is it that you allow to speak into your life? Um, who is it? Who are the truth tellers that you have in your life? And I, I would caution everyone here with the talking about this idea of having truth tellers in your life, because while that is a very good idea, and I highly recommend doing that, be very selective in who you choose yeah. to have speak truth into your life, because yeah. how they speak it is every bit as important as what they speak. Yeah. Because if all yeah. they do is give you truth and it's not backed by love and concern for you, it is not going to help you. It just yeah. isn't. Yeah. I, I love criticism. I love when people who are in my inner circle 
tell me that what I'm doing is stupid or what I'm doing is bad or I made a mistake or I need to change this. I love that. But that's also only from my inner circle. I have a lot of relationships, a lot of people that I have relationships and connections with, but there's from that, that's a wide circle. And then I have my inner circle of people that I want to be criticizing me, whether it's because I truly trust them or because they are just a lot further along in their careers at what I'm trying to do. So let's just, let's just give an example, I guess. So like, Someone who I don't know and have, have never met is like, let's just take like an Ed Milet, for example. He's one of the best speakers in the world and someone I strive to, to be similar to. Okay. If he saw me speak because I have such respect for him, he said, Aaron, look, you did this well, but you were really bad at X, Y, and Z. I'm going to take that criticism because I really respect him and he's such a great speaker. But at the same time, if, you know, John Smith, who has never spoken a word in his life, comes up to me after, hey, Aaron, I didn't like this. I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt. That makes perfect sense. Uh, best piece of advice I ever received when it came to public speaking was this. Always remember, you're never as, never as great as they say you are, and you're never as bad as they say you are. You're probably somewhere in the middle. All right. So we're getting close to wrap-up time here, Aaron, but a few more things. For those who have been listening to you, it's like, hey, I really... I'm digging Aaron. I really like what he's saying. Would like to learn more about him. Would like to connect with him. How can people find you? Yeah. First off, go to my website, AaronGall.com. You can see all of my content there. You know, my podcast is called Blind Ambition. You can access it through my website. It's also on Spotify, Apple, you know, YouTube, everything. My Instagram, I, I think, is linked through my website as well. You know, it's at Aaron J. Golub. That's where I put out a lot of content. And, you know, reach out. I'm happy to chat, happy to have a conversation or respond to messages that come my way. Um, later this year, I'll be coming out with a book and you'll be able to see that. Uh, I'm sure we'll put it on my website. We'll build out a landing page. But uh, yeah, you know, keep following me. I, I love connecting with others and hope to build relationships with new people every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners, we'll be sure to have all those things that Aaron mentioned in the show notes so that you will be able to connect with him. Or if you're watching this via YouTube, it'll be in the description below. You'll be able to check all that out and find out all the different ways to be able to connect with Aaron. All right, Aaron, we're coming up to our final four. It's, it's four quick questions I ask every guest just to give people some insight into you that's a little bit different than everything else we talked about. Are you ready? Good. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Question number one. Why did God create Aaron? To make an impact on other people's lives. Love that. Succinct to the point. Make a difference in people's lives. Digging in. All right. Question two. What are you doing or listening to right now that's making you grow? You know, I think what I'm doing is being present in every moment. I think I'm, I'm big into reading. I, I, you know, well, for me, I listen to Audible every single day. And, Which is why I said listen and not read. So Yeah. Um, I, I just finished up a, a book, Limitless, by Jim Quick. Phenomenal mm -hmm. book if you haven't read it. Um, okay. you know, in the process of others. But you know, I, I, I love expanding my knowledge, learning every day, and, and seeing how I can grow. Perfect. Okay. Question three. What do you do for fun? You know, that, that's an interesting question because, I mean, I love outdoor activities. I love playing golf. I love snowboarding. I love, you know, lifting weights. But at the same time, you know, this is fun. I love going on podcasts. I love recording my podcasts. I love speaking at events. 
know, and that's what goes back to what I said before of, you know, I do activities that I get paid for. I don't work. And when you can have that mentality and truly love what you do, you know, your entire day, your entire life is fun. You know, I never, there's very few days that I wake up and say like, I really don't want to do this today. Oh, this is going to be miserable. You know, it's most days it's like, I, I get to do this speaking event. I get to do this podcast. I get to, you know, I, I, I love everything I do. So it's always fun. Sweet, sweet. All right. And final question, what are you most grateful for? You know, I think I'm grateful that I've been able to use my story to help others. I think that a lot of people in my situation wouldn't have wanted to be out there. And when I was younger, I didn't want to either, you know, a quick story, but senior year of high school, I got a call from Good Morning America and they said to me, Aaron, we want to bring you down tomorrow, have you on the show. I just committed to Tulane. And I said, okay, like, let me think about it. I talked to a coach and I said, I really don't want to do this. Like I, I want to play football. I want to be an athlete. I want to be a student. I don't want to deal with all this publicity. And the one thing he said to me is, Aaron, you're going to do it. And I'm going to tell you why, because if your story can help and impact one other person by every single interview and talk that you do, then you're going to do everything that comes your way because you never know who's going to be watching. And because of that, I did it. And I've done every other interview that comes by now. Love that, man. You, That coach gave you some priceless advice. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Oh, love that. Love that. I, I hope you thanked that coach multiple times <laughs> since then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Any parting words for our listeners, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, just remember that you can accomplish any of your goals that you desire. Just keep going after it and, you know, I wish everyone the, the success that they, they desire. Perfect. Well, thank you listeners and viewers for checking out Relationships and Revenue today. And thank you, Aaron, for spending a little bit of your time with us. Uh, so grateful that you chose to do that. And we got to learn a little bit more about you. Can't wait to hear more about what happens with you for your TED Talks in the future, as well as your upcoming book. Thank you. Yeah. All right, listeners, thanks for checking in, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.